0: Welcome to Able Active Moms. Jeremy Brown and his guests are here to help the struggling moms better understand and manage their time for personal health. Now here's Jeremy.
1: Hi, welcome to our first show. Super excited to be here today the show itself when i was offered the chance to do a radio show slash podcast um, i tried to think about what i felt was really missing what i had to um often tell clients about that wasn't out there for them to have access to and it so often has to do with um women's health and prenatal and pregnancy and family health and children's health. So that is what this show is going to be about. Um, Able Active Moms is going to be geared toward what I would call the CFO of the family, the the chief fitness officer who is more often than not uh, the mother and how that person can keep themselves more active, more fit, more able to take care of their family and how they can inspire fitness and their family for their children and their spouses and their parents and their loved ones around them. Um, So today's show, getting into that is about a topic that is definitely, it's a hot topic these days, and it definitely needs a lot more exposure. And that is pelvic health, pelvic floor health. So today I have joining me my friend, longtime friend and colleague, Judy Florindo, of Link PT in Evanston, a uh, pelvic floor specialist, uh, pelvic floor expert, pelvic floor guru, uh, if she will. So Judy, thanks for joining us. Super excited to have you today.
2: Thank you for having me. This is going to be a great opportunity to discuss. So what do you think people really want to hear about here? i can talk about this topic forever i
1: know it's going to be like our regular dinner time conversation whenever we go out to dinner inevitably like an hour and a half of the conversation is about probably today's show um let's start off with basics what is the pelvic floor like what are we talking about
2: so you can think of the pelvic floor as a as the bottom of your trunk so if you think about the trunk as a container housing your organs Mm -hmm. Um, This is really a set of muscles or a basket that has several functions. It is supportive. Um, It is important, of course, for childbirth and also for sexual function. So in other pelvic floor functions besides childbirth, just in general, um, making sure that organs stay where they should be. (laughs) And very important for spine and hip health as well. So this set of muscles um is is pretty complex and we when we're talking with a patient we like to get out some pelvic models and really show them exactly where these muscles are unfortunately we don't see these muscles and uh it's it's a little bit difficult uh, compared to say you know if you tell somebody contract your biceps bend your elbow you can see those muscles but you cannot with these so it's it's a little tricky to teach
1: yeah And and I guess that's why um, it's not connected with the idea of exercise so much or hasn't been in the past is because we're talking about muscles you can't see that you don't really maybe even consider as part of your core as much as you consider the visible six-pack a part of your core. Um, But it really is integral to so many systems, right? Oh, it is. Um, Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, as you said – the support of your organs, um, the support of your bladder and bladder function, sexual health. And of course, like massively during pregnancy as the, as the force and load on this changes, as you prepare for delivery, and of course, delivery happens through the pelvic floor. So um, talk a little, can you talk a little The how you focus on pelvic floor health in pregnancy or why it's so important to focus on it during pregnancy
2: sure and I think too it might be this is a good point a good time in the conversation to talk about it would be so ideal if we could see people beforehand and get a sense of what their pelvic floor function really is like before they get pregnant and it's a rare opportunity sometimes people are seeing us for some other kind of a problem in that region. And we can really um, get a sense of what's going on. And then they happen to let you know, well, I'm planning to get pregnant very soon. And sure enough, you know, if everything is working well, they get pregnant and perhaps they're coming back to us for some other issue like uh, a back pain problem that they think is sciatica or some other issue. So I think it's good for us to think about How is this pelvic floor functioning of course throughout the entire pregnancy but how can we prepare people so that uh they've got pelvic floor muscles that are going to be not just strong enough but also flexible enough um and and really do all of the functions that that are important in this area
1: yeah it's in that that's a great point i was actually talking with your business partner Suzanne, yesterday, and the thing that came up quite often was it's never too early, right? Like it's never too early to get this checked out to to start learning about the function of your pelvic floor and and what that dynamically means. And I I guess so. I'm doing a little research online for this, and of course, I've been through you learning about the pelvic floor for 15 years. and this is funny story, funny story. Um, my first experience with pelvic floor PT, I come in to see Judy, um, to check out what she does because she had come in to see me for Pilates. So I I go in to see her for, for to get a pelvic floor checkup. And if you go in, um, they take an ultrasound device and they use the ultrasound to view what's going on through those muscles real time it's like live time biofeedback at judy's and it's just to check out how everything's moving is it moving the way you want are things organizing and coordinating the way you want and judy says contract your pelvic floor exhale do that okay good and then she says relax your pelvic floor and i'm like ta-da and she's like okay and relax your pelvic floor i'm like and there you go and she's like yeah no that's not happening um so for um for I don't know, a couple of years after that, I had a refrigerator magnet up that that you gave me that said right. um, contract or strengthen the floor of your core. And you had X'd out, strengthen with the marker and re- relax the floor of your core. Um, so this gets back to as I'm doing you know research on pelvic floor health. What you see so often is we're going to do a Kegel. And what's a Kegel? Well, you squeeze. As hard as you can and then you relax and you squeeze as hard as you can and there's just maybe not enough emphasis on relax and and that just really doesn't cover this whole topic of the full dynamic function of the muscular system so
2: exactly i mean i i think that's that's the problem is that um working with these muscles is really pretty nuanced so it's not just about as you said contract as hard as you can and let go. We know that the research shows that 50% of the time women are not doing them correctly when they are just told how to do them or they read how to do them. Although they are mind-numbingly boring exercises to do in (laughs) many ways, um, they really take being very mindful about how to do them and making sure that you are relaxing in between. Um, Sometimes an analogy I use is, if you're using a weight to do some um, bicep curls and you take Mm -hmm. the weight halfway up, uh, you're, you're bending your elbow halfway up, and then you just kind of keep bending towards your shoulder, shoulder, and you're not never really extending to get the full range of motion. The same thing happens with the pelvic floor is that if you need to do some pelvic floor exercises, and that's determined by a number of things, but if you need to do them, you want to make sure that after you contract, you can really let go. So, you know, this is this is a skill that some people just know automatically, and then other times this is a skill that uh, is not really functioning that well. And once again, it's because you cannot really see or feel these muscles. If everything else seems to function fairly well, you don't really pay attention to any subtle signs so i think um it it gets to be um a fun thing to do actually with our patients (laughs) is to kind of show them with the ultrasound like we did with you um to let go of the pelvic floor in order to do a decent quote kegel i might talk about contracting the muscles versus kegels in this
1: conversation yeah that's just fine um that's great i mean that's just i i know i as i was sitting on our list i even that in quotation marks because it's such you know almost like a buzzword but it it just has to do with contracting the pelvic floor and of course relaxing it's just as important and would you say in general that that's kind of where you actually start with people uh, as they access the pelvic floors learning how to breathe and become aware of and relax those muscles more than contracting them
2: yes you know and i'm glad that you Uh, backtrack to breathing because that's actually one of the first things that I will do. It is helpful to have ultrasound. And I understand not all pelvic PTs can have ultrasound, but if I am talking about uh, breathing, it's really very useful to see because there are certain movements of your pelvic floor that go along with breathing, with inhaling, with exhaling, and they can readily see that. They can see if they're doing that um, correctly, fully, and then you can start to introduce pelvic floor contractions and or relaxation in some cases mm-hmm. they might want them to bear down but not always
1: interesting and so then that's something that you really have to see a specialist to work out and and something that comes along as you have specific issues as well right where you Correct. do need to see someone um I mean interesting enough, in, in preparation for this whole show I did i of course super interested in breathing because of this whole topic and I have put up some breathing videos on YouTube that are just basically about public awareness and and also the diaphragm and diaphragmatic breathing as well because those two things are so clearly linked right diaphragmatic breathing belly breathing and pelvic floor mobility as we breathe as well
2: Huge. so besides looking at an ultrasound image if you don't have ultrasound then you can really just get out some anatomy images you know here is the diaphragm and sometimes i just use my my two hands to uh, illustrate that the diaphragm is sort of like an upside down bowl and the pelvic floor is a right side up bowl and in between you have your organs so that's the container is this diaphragm is the top pelvic floor is the bottom and the sides of the container are your abdominal muscles and your back muscles and all of these really do need to work in in fairly good sync um, you know, if you're talking about, uh, showing people what to do with their diaphragm, I will tell them when you inhale, we see that the pelvic floor and the diaphragm both descend. And then when you let mm-hmm. that air out, things return. So you essentially have, it's, it's kind of fudging to say it's like a piston, but it is, it's really, you know, that things go up and down thousands and thousands of times a day, ideally when yeah. you're breathing if you are a shallow breather, that might not be happening. And that might be contributing to some of your trampoline pelvic floor tightness.
1: <laughs> and of course that gets on right into another hot topic of the moment in fitness and wellness and health and wellness, is which is, which is breathing and the many benefits of breathing for, for everyone. And just like pelvic floor health, it's never too soon and never too late to start being more aware of your breath and how it relates to your core in general and also your pelvic floor as part of that system like pre-pregnancy working your way through pregnancy and recovering from it right exactly yeah um and uh as people learn to breathe better does that sort of start to naturally lead into better pelvic floor mobility and strength as well
2: probably more the mobility, at least at first, you know, if we do have the luxury of looking at ultrasound, they can actually see that when they inhale, their pelvic floor goes down, or they can see that if they're shallow breathing, that there's no movement. So that can translate. And of course, breathing is gonna be really important when they deliver. So <laughs> it's a good idea to know how to do that kind of breathing and not get stuck in upper chest tight breathing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is a common problem today, just in general, right? Um, Well, here we are talking about pelvic floor health with Judy Flinder. We've got to take a quick break, but we will be back right after the break to continue talking about sort of the dynamic function of these muscles and maybe get into a little bit more about um, a full spectrum wellness system for them. So uh, tune back in right after the break. And we'll continue our talk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows
3: and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health.
1: Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show.
1: Hi, welcome back. Thanks for listening in. Today we are talking pelvic health um, with Judy Florendo, in particular pelvic health as regards to um, prenatal and pre prenatal just preparing for 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 pregnancy or or if you are thinking about that how important that is to start to consider your pelvic floor health as soon as possible um and we were talking about more of a night like dynamic paradigm for this pelvic floor health that it's not about just contracting the muscles and these muscles being strong but um really about being able like any muscle in the body to relax and lengthen those muscles Judy gave the example um, pre-show about just doing a bicep curl and say curling your hand all the way to your shoulder and really bending the elbow but then only being able to 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 lengthen your elbow straighten your elbow like halfway down and and then squeezing back up not really knowing how to fully straighten your elbow out or uh, it, in the same sense not being able to fully release your pelvic floor muscles um before you contract them and how we're talking about how breathing was so important for that so then But after you learn to really lengthen and relax those muscles, do you start to focus then on how to build strength? What are your guidelines for building strength? Is like a maximal contraction ideal or a partial contraction? Like where do we go for strengthening of the pelvic floor?
2: Sure. Well, uh, the research actually shows, and we can thank our Australian physios um, for for a lot of research that they continue to do, that really the pelvic floor muscles, some of the deep abdominal muscles, and maybe a handful of others in the body really act much more in a uh, preemptive fashion. And they do not do like heavy, intense gripping. So a gripping strategy for pelvic floor contraction usually is not a good idea. You can make them strong. We want you to contract them to the best of your ability, but not at the expense of, substituting say with abdominal muscles if we see a lot of uh, tension in those muscles a lot of drawing in sucking in the belly or we see that if the person is sitting in the chair that their knees are coming together they're using the inner thigh muscles too much or popping up out of their chair they're bringing <laughs> the gluteals too much so you know there's a lot that can be done um you know you don't you don't have to you know actually get on a table and uh be examined by a pelvic PT. You can do a lot of education about how to do a decent pelvic floor contraction, I think, with some education, some models. And then if need be, of course, we would, um, you know, do an examination. I'm, I'm of the the belief that, you know, in an ideal world, we start to talk about the pelvic floor a lot earlier in life.
1: Um, how early? i
2: very early. You know, I think Suzanne and I, Suzanne Badillo, my business partner and I talk about how we would love to reach out to teens and teens and moms. And, uh, you know, this is just something that is, uh, that's another set of topics for you to explore. Jeremy is, you know, in the pelvic floor, but also just in general, how do we make sure that we don't have issues that will crop up in adulthood that we that have to be taken care of later. There are a lot of young athletes, that are doing some high intensity um sports and then they may have they suffer some issues with um you know pelvic floor problems that we won't go into here but back to pregnancy
1: (laughs) well I mean actually I feel like now we're gonna have to you're gonna have to be back on and this is these are topics that we're planning on covering I would like to cover at some point during the show and I didn't even really consider as we're talking about child development and you know advocating for your your the wellness especially of teens and and this high level activity these days i didn't even consider the pelvic floor ramifications so yeah yeah,
2: no that's 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 i think really critical to be able to to get to that one day but you know and kind of tangential to that is that in the united states we really don't have a lot of um you know, proactive. Let's let's see if we can uh, focus on wellness with the pelvic floor. Where it's different than in Europe, you know, and particularly in France, uh, women are are routinely um, sent to physical therapy for pelvic floor issues in the the peripartum, postpartum. It's been in recent years, and I believe it was twenty eighteen that. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology was starting to discuss the fourth trimester concept that you cannot just think about three trimesters of pregnancy. There's what happens afterwards, and so this is and there's an, an acknowledgement of the role of physical therapy, rehabilitation, and postpartum care. So I think we are moving in that direction, and hopefully, you know, we can we can catch up at the very least, but. Um, you know, there's so much more that goes on um, during pregnancy, yes, but also in the postpartum. How do we care for this Olympic event of childbirth? Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is something that that uh, is is major. You know, and one of the the things that we like to talk about with our patients is, and and with physicians that I know, um, the OB/GYNs that we know, it's kind of like you know if you rupture a muscle somewhere else in your body you have a rotator cuff tear or some other kind of injury you go for rehab and this really should be no different yeah if there's if there's you know something that goes on in childbirth and it doesn't have to be some sort of catastrophic um injury but just you know can we see how things are working after an episiotomy or a tear a repair you know are things functioning really well optimally how can we help with that so i know that kind of took us into the postpartum here jeremy which
1: <laughs> that's just fine which we're going to get to eventually not mm-hmm. not so much today but that's that's great i mean it is this i you know full stress spectrum of pelvic health that we need to be more aware of and as you said um, in other countries, apparently, especially France, that's just sort of a natural course, right? It's like worked into it. Um, is is that really easily available to everyone? Um, clearly, you said, ideally, in the most ideal sense, that would be something that everyone checks in with, just with the. Acknowledgement that they would like to get pregnant mm-hmm. or planning to get pregnant—is that something that's really available, or how does someone work that out?
2: Yeah, you know that's an excellent question. I think that it's probably not on the forefront, um, or not on on uh, you know the obgyn's mind at the very beginning. It's like oh, congratulations, you're pregnant, and here prenatal vitamins. This is what you need to need to do. This is going to be, you know, your schedule for coming in for visits, etc. But um, I think that there's there's not the sense of, well, let's see what we can do in advance in terms of heading off some problems maybe down the road. Um, right now, I think that there are some obigines, especially in some urban areas where they have exposure to pelvic pts, that they will, that they might actually do that. But I think the onus, the burden really is on, the the uh, woman, the patient to say, you know what, can I get that checked out? And I'm, I'm actually kind of seeing a little bit of that. I actually had somebody just today say, you know, I really wanna make sure that for my next pregnancy that things go well. So it's, it, you know, women are learning to advocate for themselves. And so, you know, I think that we can probably do a better job as PTs, as letting the ob know that, hey let's do this in advance let's see yeah. people beforehand
1: yes yeah it, that that if you even have someone who's <clears throat> who has that on their radar they should probably get that checked out ahead of time um and you know unfortunately as often with the case of medical care it is about you advocating for yourself right yeah. and, and maybe ideally you'd you would just advocate for your for, for this check-in even if nothing was going on but um, what are there any specific signs symptoms issues that you sh- should really have things checked out like what comes up that sh- someone should then have on their radar that they should definitely check in with their their obgyn and get a referral to a pelvic floor specialist
2: are you talking about when they're pregnant
1: or or bef- when they're pregnant oh. or before they're pregnant both i guess okay. i know those are two maybe different topics that cross so
2: well let's I'm going to try to stay in the rails here a little bit you know I have difficulty with that (laughs) let's talk about pregnancy um I think that if somebody finds that they are actually having a little bit of urinary incontinence that they didn't have before you know they're finding that they sneeze they cough and this can happen early on you know it's it's not necessarily when they're in their third trimester only that that will uh, be an issue that you know you might want to see what the ob has to say about that the we are typically um socialized to you know and this is by everybody saying well that's you know a little bit of that that's normal you know yeah yeah that aunt sally had it and (laughs) your sister she was you know it just it's just so um normalized and what i like to say to people is that it's common but it really isn't normal so you know how can we help you with this and I think you know then that gets into a whole other area of what we do in pelvic uh, health and pelvic rehab it's not just about let's teach you a bunch of exercises um, for the pelvic floor there may be some other kinds of posture issues that we need to go over positioning you know, what are you, what are you drinking in a day? Are you drinking, um, you know, a gallon of water because now you're pregnant and you're thinking that you really need to be excessively hydrated? And maybe that's increasing, you know, urinary urgency and frequency and kind of setting you up. So it's really talking about a, a lot of other things that go around, um, some behaviors that go around this. And how can we intervene and, and educate and, and help with that?
1: yeah Yeah. you might
2: have urinary leakage because yeah you're drinking too much or maybe you're not drinking enough or perhaps you have uh, some irritants in the diet that might uh, cause that to happen and by irritants i don't mean something that makes your bladder painful but it might make your bladder just go a little crazy Hmm. so there's there's just a lot that can be that can be done as far as exercise if somebody comes in and they're already pregnant we would not necessarily, you know, do the typical kind of examination that we would um, to assess the pelvic floor with like a digital exam. Um, But we can do a lot, again, externally, perhaps, you know, having some feedback by placing fingertips back by the anus or back by the perineal area. Um, And through clothing, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, on bare skin. It's going to be Best if you can really feel what happens, um, and then kind of take them through the. You know how can you contract these muscles right now? Can you try to pretend you're stopping the flow of urine, or holding back gas? And if they can feel that when they contract, there's sort of like a drawing in or a puckering up of that part of the body. That's that's a, a good way to learn. So it was not invasive it really was um still a a biofeedback method though nothing like making that feedback loop uh nothing like learning than having that feedback loop
1: yeah that when this feels like this then this is what's Mm -hmm. happening that's a positive thing this feel within your body is less ideal it's a little more on the spectrum of dysfunctional and this is how these two things feel different and just building that proprioception that proprioception's a physical awareness of of how your body is moving this brain to body awareness um and so I mean what we're really seeing is that the function of the pelvic floor as you said right from the start is is part of the function of so many systems, right? And it's so multi-layered. And that is why if anything is going on, if anything changes, if you feel like you're having any issues, you should really see a specialist. And and I'm with you on this. The, the term new normal is like nails on a chalkboard to me, or this normalization <laughs> yeah. of issues. It makes me apoplectic i just get so upset with this that oh this is just your body changing and this is like the new and beautiful you no no it's common as you said but not normal and and unless there has been some major structural permanent shift there's always a way back to the old normal that was normal
2: exactly
1: and you should go and see someone who specializes in this, because as you said, it, it can have a lot, to, it can have so much to do with more than just musculoskeletal, more than just contract and relax or learn how to function, how these muscles function as muscles. It can have to do with your diet or your water intake or your, the or posture of your body. And
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there That's are so many thing. things feeding into it, right?
2: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, there are lots of things that we have to talk about. Um, you know, we can just take a whole session and do nothing but talk. so there's there's just a lot to learn. And um, you know, I think that that's the other piece of this, as you said, is making sure that if somebody is continuing in their their fitness, their recreation, that we've talked to them about that as well and um, I you know, in this the way things are now with the fitness world, you and I have had some discussions about mm-hmm. this. <laughs> um, I really, really think that it benefits um any well most any person actually to see somebody like yourself, and this is not just a plug for Jeremy Brown, but it is I sort of a plug for Jeremy Brown. <laughs> No, but it's the reason why is that you want to go to somebody that really is very knowledgeable about movement and anatomy and can look at you as a whole person and not just say, okay, we're going to, you know, hop on this reformer and I don't care if you fall (laughs) apart when you're on it. But in pregnancy in particular, you know, you want to send somebody if they really need to have some guided exercise to somebody that um, is going to, take them through that very very safely and well and help them achieve the goals you know they want to make sure that they uh can keep walking that they don't um you know start to become sedentary because they have some other problems as a result of ligaments getting very loose and lax and muscles kind of getting lazy
1: absolutely and yes that is exactly what we're going to get to next, Um, because that's kind of the handoff between us. You know, you get things working just in general. And then there's kind of a passover of how do these systems then integrate into exercise? And so we're going to take a quick break again. But when we get back, we're going to talk about how the body starts to change during pregnancy and how that affects exercise and pelvic floor health and and what you need to do to kind of stay on track with your fitness and your goals. So we will be back in just a moment to continue our talk. Thanks.
3: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health.
0: Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Uh, I am here today with Judy Florendo and we are talking pelvic health as much as possible in regards to prenatal and preparing for pregnancy though we have a little trouble staying tight on our topic but there's a lot to talk about and it's and, it, and there's a there's a lot that there's a lot of stuff that we talk about regularly in regards to this kind of broader topic um, but we're going to try and stay on track so right before break we were talking about um we are starting to get into changes that happen to the body during pregnancy. Like a major one is, is ligament laxity, right? The, in preparation for delivery for childbirth, your, your ligaments start to become more pliable so that you are able to get through this Olympic feat of, of delivery. Um, but then that has this huge kind of cascade cascade trickle down effect on your body system, and the health of our full body and and then you have the additional complexity of there being a changing load as as the baby gets bigger and you your weight changes and shifts so that's certainly something that comes up for you a lot as well something you look at right you don't just look at pelvic health you look at this full spectrum picture of how the pelvic floor is working in relation to all these parts right right
2: So, when you were just talking about how, um, you know, things shift and change in the body, I I was, it brought me back to one of my colleagues that was working with me when I was down in Streeterville, who got pregnant. And she was, uh, I want to say, I don't think she was even into her second trimester. And she was a really teeny little thing. But she said that it was just the strangest sensation for her to bend over and feel like she was going to fall over because her center of gravity was already shifting, even though she did not look big. You know I mean? It was just, things really change and you start to get, you know, a greater curve in that lumbar spine and you're kind of standing differently. You've got weight going through your, your legs differently. Um, You have changes in your feet. Changes in your feet. Oh my goodness. I, I would say that, some of the greatest musculoskeletal changes occur in the rib cage. Sometimes you can have an expansion of 70 degrees of that rib angle, like where the ribs connect onto the sternum, that, that breastbone in the middle. Wow. It can really expand out. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. That and then also through the feet. You know, women will say very often, it's like, I've gone up a size since I was pregnant in their shoe size. Hmm. So, um, you know, there's a certain amount of spreading and it's the ligaments everywhere get looser. It's not just in that pelvic floor area to prepare, but really everywhere. So, uh, you know, joint protection becomes another issue that we talk about.
1: There are, there are certainly um, m- movement or exercise models of the body that deal with sort of these domed shapes. Part, segments of the body, parts of the body, like the pelvic floor, like you said, that's an upside-down bowl, or the diaphragm, or sorry, a right-side-up bowl, and the diaphragm's a upside-down bowl. But these kind of concepts of the body as a whole as this dome structure include clearly the feet as a domed structure, the arches of the feet as a domed structure, and they even consider the knee joint then a domed structure. And there's this stacking of the domes right you have like the activity of the dome of the foot helping support clearly the activity of the dome of the pelvic floor and the way the activity of the dome of the diaphragm which as you're saying that changing of rib angle would affect and so we start to see that as ligament laxity happens and you weigh more just because of pregnancy and that you all of these domes start to yield to gravity. They start to collapse to gravity together, right? And the Mm -hmm. load of one of them collapsing puts excessive stress on all of the other ones. So if your feet collapse and spread and become a larger shoe size, that's also so much more load on your pelvic floor. So like we were saying pre-break about looking at not just again strength or mobility of the public floor, but also, you know, your diet and your lifestyle choices that are going on. But but then also not just looking at the strength or mobility of the public floor, but also the strength and and mobility of the body segments below and above and how all of these help to reduce load or stress on a system of musculature that is already so loaded and stressed just from the weight of pregnancy, like the weight of the baby sitting on it, right? In addition to its regular function.
2: Right. You know, Canadian physio, Diane Lee, oh. uh, along with Andre Fleming, <clears throat> the two of them put together this whole concept of force load transfer, and I'm sure others were involved. I, I might be forgetting other people to uh, cite there. But really, it is about how is load transferred in the body. We should be able to you know, uh, accept the pregnancy and, and the changing uh, body um, well. There should be the ability for these domes and for the, the, just the, the force of daily activity to be distributed appropriately so that you don't injure yourself. That would that's definitely the ideal. so it's it's really about um, talking again about posture and, you know, sitting positions, standing positions. Um, I, I what I like to impress upon women sometimes is if you think about this classic um, poster that you might see in a medical office and it shows, women through the lifespan and it starts with this little baby little infant and then a toddler and then a little girl then a teen girl then you know an adult woman and all along these are they look pretty sturdy upright straight good posture and then you start to get into pregnancy and if you look at this body now in profile you can see that in pregnancy your net weight shift has occurred your abdomen is expanding, your head is coming a little bit more forward, maybe your upper back is rounding. Mm -hmm. And then from that point on, then they go into middle age, older age, and elderly. And from that point on, all of those profile, those side view pictures of bodies are about that forward head, you know, belly has never really come back, the spine has not gotten into better alignment. So it's we need to to be able to get those concepts of force load transfer conveyed to our patients
1: yeah and how i mean clearly these are changes that just happen over time and gravity anyway yes but this huge event in your body where the the very flexibility of your body the flexibility of your soft tissue changes and the gravity of your body changes just speeds up this process so much more and certainly the more you're prepared for it before it even happens, then the more you're going to understand that what's happening to your body as it changes. And the more you understand where you were and what you want to get back to after afterwards, after delivery, after into postpartum, right? Like they can all inform each other.
2: Exactly. So it, it really is important to try to get um, your muscles working appropriately again and balanced in a balanced way, not, you know, I like the thing that you always teach uh, me and others. And when we're doing the the classes, like you want strength and length, you don't want strength and being scrunchy. So a lot of the exercises that I think are gonna be the most valuable are about that concept of keeping things stacked and lengthened, but strong. So that then can get women out of that you know hunched over forward um you know poor posture that seems to just linger after pregnancy
1: yeah because you know we could talk for unfortunately since we only have a little more time we could talk for hours about bracing in the body and current um exercise paradigm of things being harder and more (laughs) intense and how you have to squeeze more and and what we started out talking about in the public floor this idea of just contract 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 and never really learning how mm-hmm. to relax and lengthen and how how these systems have pliability and dynamic movement they're not it's not about stiffness and rigidity you know that's this is 100 percent into my passion and which actually came out of pelvic wellness and it's about everything in the body functioning in harmony through movement and not about learning for your core to be rigid and hard and strong and and how much you have to have your core be stiff and tense to support stronger movement so that you can you can lift more or you can run harder or work more so how do these things as you said how do they stack how do they how do they support space how do they support you against gravity instead of squeezing everything and starting to crunch down into gravity making you more prone to being punched over actually right and more pressure on the pulse.
2: creating compression on the spine you know we know what happens then uh you know osteoporosis down the road potentially um so we want to try to circumvent that but if you're exactly right i i really am concerned about the amount of emphasis that's put on contracting pelvic floor and almost across the entire exercise spectrum, whether it's yoga or, you know, I did, you know, and I'm not going to name specific exercise um, modalities, but I wasn't dissing yoga there. I love yoga. I tell people to go to yoga all the time, but really it's like, they've got one message, which is contract harder, harder, harder. And that's just not good.
1: As there's been more of a, an awareness and focus on pelvic health and, the the buzzwords of pelvic health and transverse abdominis, and I find and Kegels. I find these words are so misused, and they've just become yes. synonymous with squeeze. And so I see people doing a deep flexion exercise, and they're like, and then we're gonna Kegel, and we're gonna pull up on our pelvic floor, and we're gonna pull our belly in, and we're gonna squeeze because that's working our pelvic floor and our transverse abdominis. And you know that's not what the science backs up. That's this is a misuse of the forward progress of science towards some other end. And, exactly. Uh, again, another thing that just makes me—it's like absolutely nails on a chalkboard to hear that because no, that's not how those muscles function. As you said earlier, these are these are deep m- muscle systems that are reactive, and they rarely work at a hundred percent. All right. It's about tuning them in to function. They don't. They don't squeeze. They don't grip. They react to our posture and our movement
2: exactly you know and that's 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 a lot subtler and I think that's why it's very difficult for people to kind of embrace that concept but I really wish I hope that you can change the world with that (laughs) we do we're putting we're
1: putting we're putting out the good good word we're fighting the good fight um well I cannot thank you enough for being on here for day one as my friend and to share this information um because as you said it it we really have hard hard work ahead of us to get this message out there to everyone um how can people reach you what do you offer to everyone
2: um they can reach me at judith at linkpt.org um, I'd be happy to to chat with them so yeah. once again judith so. at linkpt.org yeah and then there's also the Academy of Pelvic Health the american physical therapy association that they can uh check out
1: wonderful because you are with link pt in evanston illinois just north of chicago here um <clears throat> which is really a great more than anything a great in-person resource for anyone in the area correct yeah
2: yeah so um, we've been around for a while now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and doing well and we're so so fortunate to have you um here And as a local resource to us. And thank you so much for being here to share your knowledge today with us to the whole world. Um, I'm
2: very happy to be here and I hope you have me again.
1: I would love to have you back. I'd love to get back and talk about um, pelvic health in youth. Yes. Um, I think that's fascinating. Yes. But next week, we're actually going to have on your business partner, Suzanne Badillo, to discuss um, pelvic health as you move through... Um, delivery and into postnatal recovery. So I'm super excited about that. I want to thank everyone out there for listening this week. Have a great week to all our FIT families out there and look forward to seeing you again. Thanks.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of ABLE Active Moms. We hope the moms out there have learned something useful to help them with their own lives. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week.